Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjoe Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjoe Gall. Hello, and uh, welcome to this segment on CTN, which is CIO Talk Network. So to learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. The topic for today is the steps to future-proofing data and analytics environments. And our guest for today is Swami Koshalakota, who is the Chief Information Officer with SNP Global. Hey, Swami, how are you? I'm doing all right, Sanjay. How are you doing on a Wednesday? Very good. Very good, very good. It is an awesome day, and I'm looking forward to this great conversation. So the, the challenges that we hear, and in fact, I go travel the globe talking to a lot of different leaders, and it's very interesting when you talk about data and analytics environments. A very small percentage of leaders say that they really have, a, have, have really nailed it because it is a very fluid environment which we are building for the challenges which we may have today. And perhaps we are also, or I would not say perhaps it is indeed what we are looking at, what the future holds for us and accordingly planning for it. So our goal here today was to look at the the challenges and the playbook that one could have in building data and analytics environments, which not only help us deal with the the demands and the challenges today, but also do it in such a manner that at least when we have to use it in the future, it is not all throwaway work and we are minimizing the waste. So keeping that in mind, the first question I have for you, uh, Swami, is what's the true vision and mission that is driving these enterprises to fundamentally rethink and rebuild their data and analytics environments? Yeah, Sanjog, that's a, a very important question, and I'm sure that's something that uh, a lot of senior technologists uh, are grappling with. Uh, you know, first of all, let me kind of share with you a little bit about SMP Global. You know, SMP Global is a business and financial intelligence company. We provide data, analytics, benchmarks, and credit ratings. All of this is under, underpinned by cutting-edge technology. We power the markets of the future. You know, when you talk about data and analytics, we are very, very passionate about this, and we actually um, are very excited about the innovation that's happening in this space and how actually we can convert this into powering the markets of the future, which is our core vision. So going back to your you know, question, there's a lot happening in the industry. And if you look at the volume of the data, that is increasing, if I can say it, exponentially. And then the, the different types of data, the variety of the data that both from coming in and how do you save is also uh, changing rapidly. And then the biggest challenge with the data and analytics is how do you convert this volume of data with, that, with such a velocity? How do you convert that into value and insight? And that's what uh, we do at SMP Global. And to kind of give you a bigger context of how we are future-proofing, we really take a very disciplined approach when it comes to data. And to kind of give you a bigger context and then we can spend more time and what the discipline means. But 
we only take we, we not only take the data from like the data and analytics perspective we're investing heavily in technologies like artificial intelligence automation machine learning robotics and natural language processing now these technologies are not peripheral to data and analytics they are deeply embedded in the workflow for converting you know raw data into intelligence so that's the mission and that's the vision so when you are looking at such technologies and in in your case especially uh, with snp data and analytics is what is the very core foundation for what you do and that's what drives everything so i'm sure the business buy in is there the investment related budget is there there is a think tank i'm sure at your end which keeps looking at how do you best manage data and how do you best apply analytics for the insights and how do uh-huh. you best use the innovations if you have everything it looks like a nirvana or a silver bullet in your case but i'm sure there would be some challenges by the very nature of the beast we are dealing with yeah absolutely you know the, the the first of all let me talk about the opportunity you know you talked about the technology you talked about the innovation you know to me the process and the people uh, are are important as well you know the biggest opportunity that uh, that we see i'm i'm sure the biggest opportunity that all the uh, senior technologists and enterprise see is is the people you know they are the kind of the greatest uh, resource and our, while the technology underpins everything the greatest um, you know opportunity is the people you know let me tell you what we are doing at smp global there's a lot of uh, buzz around the industry around you know what i call as the you know the bingo of um, buzzwords what we are trying to do is if you look at any company that i have worked in the past they have what we call as you know university where they take a lot of courses that are in this uh, in this innovation space and offer them as classes that people can take whether some online uh, you know some on prem and so on and so forth what we are doing at smp global that is very unique is yes we have a catalog of classes that all of our employees can subscribe to we took about five key themes in technology the ones that i talked about the artificial intelligence the robotics the machine uh, machine learning uh, data science we took some of the key themes and created what we call as a essential tech program inside the company every two months we take a team and then put all of our um, you know resources in creating and pushing content so that our employees can learn that particular technology in depth in that window just to kind of give you um, some insights the first class that we did um, is called as ai and automation course and smp global has 20000 employees within 2 months nearly 75 to 80% of our employee base took that class so a lot of our employees are not only familiar with uh, what artificial intelligence means but they know what it means to their roles they know what it means to the customers and how we are taking those technologies and creating value to the customers and more importantly how customers are using the technology to create value to their, to their business so as a result we have a workforce that very committed to these new technologies and applying them to solve uh, you know the key business problems so i would say that's the biggest opportunity and some of the cool things that we're doing if you really go deep 
on challenges. When you look at data, much like you have a software development lifecycle, data also has a data development lifecycle. And I would say you have to source the data, and then you have to ingest the data, and sometimes you have to pre-process the data and transform the data. You have to link it, and when you do all of that, you can now drive insights. So what we do at SMP Global, you talk about, um, you know, we have the silver bullet and the nirvana. We are very, very disciplined about how we deal with data by demonstrating our discipline in the data development lifecycle. Just to kind of give you an example, everybody has is going towards creating data lakes, and we have data lakes as well. But if you don't manage the data lake with the discipline, the data lake becomes a data swamp. Just earlier in the year, SMP Global internally launched a data extraction platform where every employee or every developer can get and extract the data that they want from the data lake in a way that's repeatable so that they don't have to worry about copying the data and creating multiple copies and waste a lot of resources. It's almost like data as a code, if you will. So what you just mentioned is I, very, very close to what I've heard in the marketplace is you, you mentioned about data engineering, essentially, where you're sourcing the data, cleaning it up, linking. That's yep. where most of the people struggle is because they have sources which keep changing or they are not sticking to one uh, one standard, if you will, and and that could be because of the industry they are in. Now, in your case, do you think you are lucky because you are in a regulated environment? Every source of data that you have, they are also regulated, and that as a reason, your data lake never becomes a data swamp. Or there are some other challenges which you know we should be careful of, even though you get data from reliable sources, but we can mismanage to convert it into a swamp. Yeah, look, uh, I, I don't, I don't think um, I would want to say that we are lucky. We are very disciplined. Just to kind of give you an example, a um, couple of years ago, we acquired a company called SNL. When we acquire companies, uh, and if you look at the history of SMP Global, uh, we have made some great acquisitions uh, this year, and we continue to invest um, in in companies, uh, and all of this information is public. When we acquired SNL Corporation, we not only acquired them for the sector data that they have, but because of the technology. And we look at the best practices uh, and, the, um, and, and the solutions that they have. When we see a technology that is working, we are very disciplined about adopting um, and uh, embracing it and scaling it. I think that's the reason why we're very good at um, you know, managing the data and that whole data engineering process is because of the discipline, and we embrace and include um, all innovation, uh, and we don't have this, uh, we don't have like what many enterprises have, you know, not invented here uh, type culture. So your current state is, uh, I would say in one word, awesome, right? It is, things are in place and you're moving forward. But I'm sure this would have been a journey. You didn't just get here overnight. So what was that journey like where you, you had to bring the pieces together? What did you have to do to bring it to this state? I'm sure there is more optimization always possible. 
But then the reason I ask you this question is because many companies are, say, if you are at level eight, they may be at just two and three. So if they had to get advice from you on moving from that level two and three to five and then to eight, what would that journey, what would that playbook look like? But before you answer that question, listeners, please, let's take a break. When we come back, we will hear Swami sharing what did he do and his peers and his team did to bring the data and analytics environments at SNP to a level which is uh, awesome, as I mentioned. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, Swami, as I mentioned, your journey and where you are today is, uh, and uh, what I could say is utopic state of what data and analytics can be, and I'm sure there are ways to optimize it further, but there are many listeners and people that we reach globally who are struggling with building their data and analytics environment, and if I were to rate them on a scale, they may be hardly two to three, and you may be at level eight. So it would be great for us to get insights from you on what does that playbook look like where you move your data and analytics environment, starting from that data lake, not becoming a data swamp and other things, which will help people refine where they stand today. Yeah, you know, I was uh, thinking about uh, that answer, uh, you know, before before the break, and it's a, you know, first of all, it's a, it's a good question. Um, you know, we are a, a, a data company. You know, this is you know, a, a, this is what we do. We drive essential intelligence. We enable powering the markets of the future. So we were very, very disciplined and evolved. But the question really is, uh, what are some of the lessons learned in that process? And how can others um, who may have uh, 
not had data as at the center of their organization, but would like to see data at the center of their growth, how do they evolve? You know, from, from my perspective, the, the first thing that I already mentioned a couple of times um, is you have to invest uh, in your people. You cannot ask your employees to design for the future without really educating them on what is the future and where is the future heading. The number one guard against future-proofing, not only your data and analytics environment, even your future-proofing your business, is training and investing in your employees. And the second thing that I would say, the reason why SMP Global has one of the best-in-class data engineering platforms and processes is because we have a central data operations team, central data governance team, uh, and, and a central team that uh, you know, looks at the quality of the process, uh, and we also have a very good uh, mechanism to measure the success and the quality of the data. Let me give you an example. Much like companies have bug bounty, we have a, a data bounty program where any of, one of our customers, if they find something wrong in our data, we will send them a, you know, a $50 gift card. And, and that's the type of uh, things that we have. And internally, we measure the quality of what we do based upon the number of uh, data quality issues that we discover. And that's a metric. And, and the people are rewarded and recognized based upon how we track that metric. In terms of uh, other things that, um, that contributed to our success, we are an agile organization. We moved away from you know, developing these uh, monolithic applications, you know, having these waterfall methodologies, and we are completely uh, transformed certain organizations to be agile. Today, we have 150 scrum teams and soon to be 300 scrum teams because we're kind of rolling out agile across SMP. Agile is part of the fabric of how we work at SMP Global and discipline things like um, the data governance and agile and having scorecards that measure the quality of the data that we have is what contributed to our success till date. So given your example, and you mentioned that everyone was up to speed and you invested in people's education, the chronic issue that we always hear about data and analytics, especially when it comes to data, is the business user, not necessarily the technology user. The business user is not ready to take ownership of the data. They don't want to do the stewardship. They don't want to be the custodian. Is that uh, an element of the culture, or do you think that is a chronic issue which even you have to grapple with and you created a workaround or you figured out a way to fix it? Look, we don't see that as an issue. In fact, uh, I see the opposite. We have uh, business have you know, demonstrated more interest in owning the data, owning the intelligence that we can derive from it, so we, we don't uh, see that uh, as, as an issue. Now, there are a couple of things that I would say as from a challenges that uh, uh, we face um, that I'm sure others also face is you know, there's what we call as dark data, the data that is uh, behind applications, but that's not part of the central data lake. You know, it kind of starts 
and evolves, uh, but then it reaches a level of maturity where we would want to bring it to the data lake uh, as part of our data catalog. Yes, we have you know data, you know, date, you know, dark data issues, and then the second thing is what what our CEO calls as data exhaust, data that we don't see value today, but we throw the data out, but then we see the value for it in, in, in you know we realize that you know that's the data that we could use to drive more intelligence. You know, you know, some more behavioral analysis could be you know one of them. Right? So those are the type of challenges that, that we continue to find, and we have a process where we recognize such gaps and bring them into our, uh, you know, what we call as a DMS, which is data management system, to, to be able to kind of drive value to our customers. And I'd like to dig deeper on that issue where you say you don't actually have an issue with business not owning the data, maybe because they are being measured or their performance appraisal, if you will, is dependent on how well do they take care of their own data and show the stewardship. But in many companies, say a manufacturing company or a healthcare company, the person who's sitting at a clerical desk would not really care for what they're entering sometimes. They may, but not to that degree. And that's where it creates the, uh, the issues. And even if you go there, they say that's not, gets me my paycheck. So why should I bother? Because everyone is looking for what's in it for me. So if you had to give an advice to organizations who are dealing with this chronic issue, what do they do? Look, the, from, for me, I always uh, take the view of the customer. You know, if, you, you know, if that one clerk who's entering the data, um, you know, the data screen that's developed by some IT person we have to look at uh, what is the relevance of this data to the customer. Do we know more about uh, how this data is going to be leveraged by the customer? And do I understand our customer's business? And what is it that I have with my data and the analytics that can drive more value to my customer? I think this is, uh, you know, this is where we need to have good uh, conversation between the leadership and the uh, and to the people at the first level so that we can drive more value for the data i think you're really talking about the data exhaust where the peripheral to a particular system we don't see value in it but it's actually more valuable um, if we mine the data and um, analyze the data and and drive um, you know uh, you know drive uh, intelligence uh, and insights to the customers so my advice uh, you know in summary is to be able to have the right leadership and the right partnership on with a, with a focus on customer and how customer can benefit from that insight. So let's talk about the state of affairs which you think it's going to be in the future versus now. So when you are planning, do you think your business will remain same old, same old, or you, you can literally paint what the future is going to be and and the whole idea behind this topic was that can I create something today which will stay relevant in the future? Can we eat the cake and have it too? Do you think it's going to be the future state is going to be not that different? Because many companies, in fact, most companies are saying that everything is fundamentally shifting. So how could you ever build something today by painting a future which we don't know, which is going to stay the same? Yeah, so that's a good question. So what we do 
is going to be the same, but how we do is going to be different because of the kind of the velocity and the variety of the data that we are talking about. It's all about, um, you know, how than what. You know, at the core of our business is, you know, like I said uh, earlier, we want to power the markets of the future, and we provide, you know, a lot of data and insights to our, our customers. So what we are going to do hasn't changed, but how we are going to do is going to change based upon the innovation in the marketplace. So, so let me double-click on that for a second. And if you look at that whole data life cycle of sourcing the data and generating the insight, you know, there are certain steps that we follow, right, you know, which you broadly called as, you know, data engineering, you know, ingestion, transformation, linking, and delivering insight. With machine learning and artificial intelligence, you now have a, a loop mechanism where you can actually, instead of using humans to drive and data scientists to drive data to insight, you can actually use machine learning and artificial intelligence to drive more insights, right? So now you have a velocity issue on the data and a variety issue on the data. You cannot use the same approaches of uh, throwing people to deal with the volume of the data. You need new techniques. And the innovation and the opportunities in machine learning and artificial intelligence enables us to fast-track the insights and deliver value. So if, if what you just mentioned is you are able to look at the how, but how is where things can fundamentally shift? So is your how going to shift? So can you create an implementation? which will be flexible to how the, the implementation is going to be required or the technologies or the processes or the workflow, right? So you mentioned about not the what, but the how, which is going to change. When you look at down to the brass tacks, a lot of things are to be shifted or fundamentally revamped when the how changes. That yes. means it is bound to create the throwaway work. So are we are we being too optimistic by saying, you know what, create something where we will not have to throw away anything or we should be ready for that leakage or some wastage? Yeah, there are actually two questions uh, in there. You know, first and foremost, to kind of answer the second one, in IT, um, uh, you know, there's always uh, opportunity to revisit your decisions. They are all driven by, you know, like the technology refresh uh, that we do in infrastructure. And every, you know, three to five years, um, you know, you always have to refresh the infrastructure. That's an opportunity to kind of, uh, you know, re-engineer. And because of the reduction in the cost per unit um, and the adoption of the cloud, you can actually um, reinvest uh, some of the savings and, uh, you know, transform. And in that process, yes, if there is something that's thrown away, that can be thrown away. But the other dimension to your question is data has been there. SMP Global has the data. Many people have the data. But providing a natural language interface for the data didn't exist six, seven years ago, right? But now, if we want to make your data available through natural language processing, you have to take all the data that you have, link it and relink it 
and index it in a way that can that it can respond to you know NLP queries as well. You know how how do you do that? So let me give you an example. At SMP Global, we have actually uh, acquired a company called as Kensho. And Kensho, by the way, um, is uh, one of the largest um, AI acquisitions, uh, you know, in in the history of the U.S. corporations. You know, we paid about five hundred and fifty million dollars to acquire this company. They have a wonderful technology that allows us to take our technology and our data and use their technology to be able to connect the two and take the vast amounts of data that we have accumulated over the years and make it available to our customers through natural language processing. That's fascinating. I'll give you a, an example. We are, you know, the private company data is something that we make it available to our customers. It's a growing space for us, and it's a, it's a high value to a lot of our customers. So we use that Kensho's machine learning technologies, and one of our divisions, uh, global uh, market intelligence uh, team, they were able to take that private company data and using the Kensho technology was able to deliver the value of that private company data to our customers a lot faster than using our traditional mechanisms. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's talk about the very fact today that the data volume and variety are increasing beyond belief. So what would it take for us to take, for us to prioritize our efforts and the investments that we are making so that we are not stretching ourselves too thin in terms of how we allocate our resources and also to eventually make sure that not only we are maximizing ROI for today, but also positioning ourselves to continue to maximize ROI from our investments in the future. What would that take? Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. 
You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So talk about data volume and variety, as you already mentioned, Swami, in the beginning, that it is increasing and it is shifting beyond belief. And, of course, as things change or increase in volume, we have to do something to our foundation, to our processes, to our tools, and even to our people. But it is shifting too fast. So you still, at the end of the day, have a finite budget, and you have a finite focus that is possible through the people you have. How Uh do you prioritize? Do you become a bean counter or you become a venture capitalist? Do you invest everywhere where there seems to be an opportunity like a venture capitalist and assume there will be some losses and other gains? What is your approach when it comes to really this data and analytics related investment so that your ROI is maximized not only for today, but also in the times to come? Yeah, if the choice uh, is between a bean counter and a venture capitalist uh, based upon what we are doing, we are more of a you know, venture capitalist um, uh, than a bean counter. Uh, of course, we have to uh, keep an eye on the uh, expenses and the ROI, but at the core, Sanjog, is at SMP Global, we actually enable uh, funds where any employee if they have an idea, we have an IT program uh, that allows them to say, you know, here is the opportunity, here is the value, and here is the help that we need, and we would centrally fund uh, on how to convert that idea into an, an actual reality, right? And then the second thing, with respect to volume and variety, I'll give you an example. We recently acquired a company called Panjiva, and, and it's, a, it's a machine learning company, but they also have, you know, 13 million company-to-company relationships spanning more than 40% of the global trade and over 1 billion shipment records with data from customs and businesses that provide a complete view of import and export movement. And that's the power of the data that we have when we acquired that company is deeper insight to global supply chains. So when you, have, when you acquire a company like that, which has some technology and some great data, we've, we were able to kind of put them into our data engineering processes and deliver value. To kind of uh, give you an example, the entire Panjiva data is now available in beta through our SMP Global Market Intelligence Platform through Express Feed. It's a single feed solution for our clients. So when you are doing something like this, so this is an example where you invested in one area where you saw a very obvious use case and you saw that if I invest in it, it's gonna give me some value. And it is almost like asset building. But then there are certain areas in which you are not 100% sure going in and it is like an experimentation. And that's where your venture capitalist risk-taking propensity is tested. So are your company, and and this is not to point at your company, or should any company be risk-averse when it comes to looking at what's possible and just go and charter 
uh, a path which has been never traveled? Or should they go and in this day and age where things are moving so fast, can we truly have no risk and all the rewards always? Can we work with that as a mindset? See, from a, if you are a company with a growth mindset, I cannot imagine anybody delivering growth with a, with a risk-averse mindset. You know, you, you have to have, you know, a calculated risk um, when it comes to investments. And, you know, to your point earlier about uh, portfolio and prioritization, but you cannot expect growth without uh, making conscious decisions about prioritization and, um, you know, risk with respect to those priorities and investments. You're right about it, and we are on the same page. So now if that's the case, that's as the foundation, I'm sure as part of you running your shop here at S&P, there must be times when you are not totally 100% sure. You might have to bank on your gut or some data or a combination of the two and do some sandboxing, do some investments, do some proof of concepts and fail or rather not use the word fail or learn when things don't go well. How much yeah, of absolutely. that, when, when you do that, how much of that is included as part of your prioritization-related due diligence? Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, um, I'm, I will be um, for sure say that uh, we are a, an organization that uh, is focused on continuous learning, um, and any project that probably is not delivered on time or on budget, um, you know, we, we, we learn from it and fine-tune it. But, but the fact of the matter in IT is depending upon the market movements and depending upon technology uh, innovation, you cannot have these, you know, waterfall uh, type projects, uh, big monolithic projects anymore, because uh, from the time you conceive the project, and if you have like a two-year project, by the time you come to the end of the two years, the market has shifted, you know, the customers probably moved on, um, and probably the leadership team who sponsored the project are also moved on. Um, you know, we actually, we don't have these multi-year projects. We're an agile organization. Like I said, we are focusing more on um, moving away from those monolithic projects to agile projects. You know, we have, we've been training our employees on agile development, and we have 150 scrum teams. So I don't see any way to um, protect from the failures if you go with, uh, you know, waterfall methodologies. You know, the only way to do it is in agile, and then you fail fast so that you can take the learnings uh, from from that um, uh, you know from that one agile uh, sprint to the next sprint. Now the, the the second question that I would say is the the biggest challenge that many companies face is how do we really build scale? For us, a majority of the investments that we are making in technology, while prioritization is an important thing while you know, changing the mindset of the employees so that they're focused on agile development, 
we are actually focusing on how do we build scale. You cannot really take 13 million, uh, you know, company-to-company relationships and make them available to our customers within, you know, six to eight months after the acquisition is made without having that agile uh, thinking. So we are focused on scale. We're focused on technologies like artificial intelligence, robotic process automation to help get the scale. And not to mention, we're also kind of moving away from, you know, on-prem, you know, data centers to cloud technologies that significantly reduces your startup costs and also allows you to fail fast. You know, there's no more, you're not wasting a lot of capital when you use a, you know, cloud technology. Um, the project uh, or the experiment or the pilot, uh, we don't see the value. You know, we, uh, you know, we, we just uh, reduce our, you know, monthly operational costs uh, because we use cloud. Let's so take a, a quick break. Thinking. Right, right. So, so now what we will do is we will definitely take a break right now. But what I wanted to further expand on is you mentioned scale, right? Uh-huh. I would like to add two more aspects, which is shifting and extending. Because you could scale your operations, but because of the sh- changes that are happening in the business environment, uh-huh. in consumer behavior and everything else, you have to also extend what you offer and even shift or revamp and replace some things when it comes to your data and analytics demands that may be placed now and in the future. So what is that now versus future comparison as you see? And what would be the type of shifts and extensions and the scaling that will be required for organizations? Let's explore it. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So we spoke about scaling, and which is 
very accurate. Uh, we have to add a few more dimensions, which is to shift what we may be doing because of the environmental changes or customer demand changes or their preference changes. We may have to extend what we are doing to accommodate some of the preferences people may have. And all of that we will have to do at a faster pace. At least that's what the expectation is. So if we had to do, and if this is the mantra, we have to deconstruct this is a little bit by recognizing or very clearly defining what is the state now and what is the future state of data and analytics related demands that will be placed on business. So in your view, what has been, is there, is there like almost like a, uh, a blueprint of saying current state, future state and a roadmap when it comes to the data and analytics demands, which you may be getting from business or from your customers? Yeah, Sanjog, um, you know, from, from a now till future, if I look at it from the eyes of the customer, I would say the difference is is the speed. That's that's not, no, that's one thing. Now, when you talk about speed as primary differentiator from the eyes of the customer, then you have to redefine, um, you know, what is it and what do you want to do uh, when it comes to improving the speed. Uh, let me give an example. When uh, we have um, a company, a public company that does an earnings release, we would want to capture our insights from that earning release and be able to distribute our perspective uh, and our data and our insight to our customers. And in the past, there may be, you know, it, it would take a day to turn it around, but we would want to turn that, um, you know, earnings, what we learned in an earnings uh, to our customers a lot faster than, um, you know, a day. So that's, you know, now we redefined what is it that we're doing for our customer in terms of speed. And then you look at how, and to kind of answer your question on, we have a very good view into what our technologies um, and then how, what, what, whether they are for the long term or short term. And then if they are for the long term, how we can plug new innovations to it. In, in this example, with uh, some you know, technologies uh, that we have, uh, speech recognition technologies, we can actually convert what we learned in an earnings call to text a lot faster than before, as opposed to two people joining the call, uh, you know, one person typing, second person you know, interpreting we can use that technology. And we're able to plug the technology in our platform you know, a lot quicker. And now we have, you know, we now need to scale and see where else we can apply this uh, you know, speech-to-text technology in, in other areas. So yes, you always, as, as an architecture team, should have a current state and a future state, and then what type of a innovation that you can introduce in a modular way to be able to uh, go to that uh, future state. And, and that's why you know, I'd like to kind of say one thing. You know, the gone are the days where you have uh, this one big mainframe or, or one powerful sunbox um, which has a lot of business logic, right? It's, uh, right now the technologies are distributed 
you know, microservices, service-oriented architecture, uh, you know, API-based uh, interconnectivity, service-based exchange, that type of an architecture, if you have one or if you can evolve to one, makes it easy for you to introduce um, these you know, new components to your pipeline. So definitely coming from the IT angle, I 100% agree with you that the the fundamental architectural elements are shifting from a monolithic to services-based. That's great. But then data and analytics environments which we have to create are also going to include some fundamental rethinking of the approach we take to collect the data, more the process mm-hmm. side of it. And you very rightly mentioned in the sense of the people. So if you had to correspondingly map the shifts in the processes and shift in the people's mindset and their skills on what will be desired of them, what would that look like? Well, the, if the question is around uh, to be able to go from now till the future, what are we expecting our employees to do? Is that yeah, the processes, question? yeah. So that is one is the employees, and second is also the process shifts and the way you tackle the data and analytics. You know, from a you know process perspective, the the data and analytics, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the data development lifecycle, you know, hasn't changed, will not change. Uh, so the question really is around the tools that we use to ingest, the tools that we use to extract uh, are going to change. So the one thing that I would say is that you always have a good technical team who is looking at your data pipeline and data engineering and see what are the opportunities to improve the you know, velocity is one thing. And the second thing is, uh, you know, adopting to new best practices. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, we did, like I mentioned earlier, you know, we have a data lake and we have an extraction platform that allows other developers who would want to pick some component of the data, you know, they're experimenting with something and they're trying to develop a new insight, they need to play with the data. That whole process of extracting the data and playing with the data in a repeatable way um, is codified. Right? So the ask for the employees is to kind of use those tools and best practices so they're not proliferating multiple copies of the data, um, and then, then you have an operational issue because you have to kind of uh, go back to the golden source, and you know, the moment you copy it, um, you know, it's going to drift. So those are the type of investment that corporations have to make on reusable way of doing it you know, in that whole data management pipeline. So what you just mentioned here is the the tool part of it and even the the people part you did mention but then wouldn't there be on the data and analytics side you in a way made a claim that that would not change from a process standpoint I'd like to introduce this whole AI concept that people are trying to utilize now they're saying humans will not even analyze, or at least they may, but to a smaller degree, and AI algorithms will kick in, and whatever they produce is what will be much better than what a human could analyze, given the advancement in technology. That is going to fundamentally shift in the approaches we take, at least in the analytics side. Would you agree, like the downstream? Uh, 
Yeah, absolutely. And that would have an impact on how the handoffs happen from humans to computers, back to humans, again to computers, and finally in the hands of the decision makers who are going to use that analytics. Mm-hmm. So is that workflow being reimagined or is this being challenged and are people able to digest the idea that no human will be there who will interpret the data based on which you'll make billions of dollars of decisions and that will be based on an AI algorithm? Are people able to digest that? Look, as part of the, you know, the, the learning that I talked about with essential tech, and the part of uh, the central data operations team uh, that we have providing the right tooling, um, you know, we don't see the resistance uh, because of the fact that uh, we don't want to, our employees don't want to do uh, repeatable uh, stuff. You know, we want to focus on, you know, intelligent and intellectual work than, uh, you know, repeatable work. So the, the, the mindset here is, we would want to automate more so that we can focus on things that create more value to, to, to our customers. All right. So I've got just one minute and a, or maybe even 30 seconds for you to share your recommendation for anyone who's dealing with the data and analytics environment and they want to make it relevant for the future while tackling the challenges today. What should be that leadership style and mindset they should wear? Yeah, there are a couple of things. You know, first and foremost, uh, you know, you know, be mindful and be aware of what's happening in the industry. Um, you know, because there is a lot of new ways and new techniques uh, coming in. So we have to be mindful of uh, you know what the best practices are. Learn from others. Number one, and number two, you know, be open and transparent about the current uh, challenges uh, that that you have. Um, and measure those uh, challenges so that uh, you could create programs to improve those challenges. And the last one, uh, and the most important to me, is uh, you know have a very inclusive environment that can have the right diverse conversations about the opportunities and how we can adopt and embrace a best practice and then driving value. The moment you include the people in the decision, um, you're going to get more commitment from them on actually transforming and, uh, and evolving to that industry best practice or innovation. On behalf of the show and our listeners, thanks so much, Swami, for sharing your insights on how organizations can build a very robust and resilient data and analytics environment that will serve them well now and in the future. So thank you again. All right, Sanjay, thank you. I enjoyed talking. Appreciate it. Thank you again. And uh, listeners, hope you enjoyed it. Please like us on Facebook, search for CTN, and be sure to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. And please download and rate our podcast so that people listen. Already people are listening to us in 110 countries. So like to have added more. So please uh, follow us and rate us. Thank you so much again. Uh, this is Sanjay Gaul, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.